Hallelujah. Why don't we um, open our Bibles, if you brought your Bibles with you this morning, and, and we're going to pray and ask the Lord a blessing on, uh, on what we're about to receive. Amen. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you, Heavenly Father. We thank you that we've come, we've worshipped. Our hearts are open to you, Lord God. And, Lord, we pray that, Lord, you would impart to us again today through your word, through, uh, uh, Lord God, through the very presence of your spirit, Lord God, that's here now, Lord. We pray revelation knowledge would flow in our hearts, Lord, as we've opened them to you, Lord God, and that your word would have an impact, Lord, that your word would be that lamp unto our feet and guide unto our path, Lord God. Lord, that you would direct us and guide us today, both through your word and by your spirit. And we ask these things today in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Well, um, uh, again, we're, we're uh, uh, continuing on what is a fairly short series, but uh, I, I, I believe it's one that's been quite impacting. And uh, we've been on that topic of the lens of faith. And anyone that remembered my first uh, uh, session, I was talking about an operation I was going to get on my eyes and, and have a, a new lens put into my eyes. So it was quite significant what was going on in my life at the time. Um, but, you know, uh, the, the lens of faith is, is where the Lord gives us a view and we get to see our life through the perspective of what God's word says. Okay? That's the lens of faith. And we should have that. We should have that perspective. The lens of faith is our best vantage point for life. Get that. The lens of faith is our best vantage point for uh, our lives. Whether it's the written word or the spoken word, the rhema word or the Logos word, two different Greek meanings of the word word, okay? When you read the Bible, you go back and do the Greek, there's two different words. There's the rhema word, and there's a Logos word. And, you know, we've probably said it enough, but the Logos word talks about what God has said. It's been recorded, it's in the Scriptures, and it is the word of God. The rhema word is what God is saying. How many of you know that when the last dot was put on the Bible and that was it, the Bible was complete, that God hadn't stopped talking. How many of you know that? And that he's still talking today. He's still speaking today. And we ought to be a people that are listening for his voice and that reality and that, that reality of relationship with the Holy Spirit. We should be listening for his voice and looking for him to direct us and guide us. Jesus said the Holy Spirit would lead us and guide us into all truth and show us things to come. Aren't you glad when the Holy Spirit reveals truth to you? I know I am, you know, when he reveals something I hadn't seen before and he just brings it to, uh, uh, to light. What comes to us by revelation from the Lord should become the lens through which we see our lives. We would say and do say revelation knowledge. How many of you heard the term revelation knowledge? Revelation knowledge, okay. Well, you know that that knowledge is on the basis of something that's been revealed to you. And, um, you know, sometimes it's what's called empirical. Empirical is the knowledge that you get when you're not looking for it. You weren't looking for it. How many have had that experience where you were just minding your own business? Actually, I find when I'm just sort of fiddling with the car or doing something that's, you know, just blokey, I can find sometimes that the Lord will just speak. And it's not like, well, Lord, I need to hear your voice today. Lord, if you could just say something. But I hear the Lord speak, and he would just drop a little uh, a golden nugget in, you know, some little truth that just 
lights me up and I almost forget what I'm doing because, you know, the Lord's just revealed something to me, some knowledge to me that I hadn't seen before. And um, I wasn't even looking for it. I love that bit, you know. I love those moments. Again, makes me, it helps me to realise that, you know, God cares about every little detail of my life and yours. Amen? Amen. You know, the thing is we need to uh, recognise that he does speak to his people. I spent two and a half years in a church that believed that God didn't speak anymore. And guess what? No one was hearing from God. Funny, isn't it? In a church where, you know, it wasn't expected that you would hear from God. And if you did, just keep that to yourself. That sounds a bit weird that God spoke to you. Don't tell anyone about that. That's how they, that's how they treated it. But um, strangely enough, I then, I then uh, um, transferred my membership to another church. And it was the church that really I stayed in, sort of pretty well impacted my life up until this day. But I transferred my membership to another church. And uh, strangely enough, it took God speaking to me to get me out of that church that I was in to the church where nearly everybody had the, you know, the revelation of, hey, you can hear from God. You can know what he's saying to you. You can have him lead and guide you in the word. As you're reading the word of God, you know, he, he can give you the right interpretation. You can, you can hold a scripture you're not sure about and have the Lord show you what that really means. I don't know about you, but I'm in. You know, I'm locked in for that. And, uh, and so should you be. Someone might ask, well, I'm new to Christianity. Uh, I'm not sure where to get this lens. Is that for sale at the bookstore at the back? And, of course, the answer is, and it's a good question, but that's not where you're going to get the lens. It's in the Word of God. Amen? Go looking for those in Christ truths to start with. That's a good place to start feeding on the Word of God. Find out who you are in Christ. Because uh, when you were born again, when you received Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, you came into Christ. And I tell you, he came into you, you see. And um, those in Christ truths are, are throughout the New Testament. Start there and start feeding on those in Christ. You know, find out your true identity. We started this series uh, talking about John the Baptist, who came to the place where he was asked, what do you save yourselves? And he found in the Word of God what the Word of God said about him. And he said that. He was saying, well, I'm John the Baptist. I'm, you know, I've been in the desert for a while and I like honey and locusts and, you know, kind of a bit of a tailor too, you know, and he wearing the, you know, the hair of a, I can't remember what, call it, what the hair of the animal that he was wearing, but, you know, it was, you know, the, what was it? Camel, camel hair, you know. Uh, that's what, that's not what he talked about. He talked about who he was in Christ based on what the scripture said. And you can too. Find out those truths. And, um, just watch the website this, uh, this week. I'll, I'll load up a, um, a, uh, a, a, a set of scriptures that are just like little confessions straight on the word of God with the verse of scripture right behind it that you can just speak over yourself. They're called In Him Truths. Okay? Watch the website. Go to the blog. I'll load it up. Actually, I loaded it up this morning, but something went wrong and it couldn't, I didn't save it or something. I just didn't have the time to fiddle more with it. So, But, you know, seeing our life through what God has revealed to us, is what living by faith is. Seeing our life through what he has said. You know, Peter gets an upskill in the meaning of revelation knowledge when Jesus asks him, who do men say that I am? Peter gets an upskill. 
He didn't understand this. Jesus got a revelation for him, and, uh, and we, should, uh, we should pay attention to it. Matthew 16 and verse 13, let's go there. It says, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, who do men say that I am, the son of man am? So they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. You know, it's the right answer to the question, but it's what Jesus then goes on to say that should really get our attention. In, in, in verse 17, it says, And Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona. Okay, that's his other name, okay. <clears throat> Still talking to Peter. He said, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Get that? Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. In other words, you didn't nut it out yourself. You received knowledge from heaven and insight from heaven to help you with that. And I also say that you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. We have to see here that the rock that the Lord is going to build his church on is not Peter. Sorry for any ex-Catholics here that still like that thought, that the church was going to be built on Peter. Uh, sorry, that's not what, this, what Jesus was talking about. The rock that Jesus was going to build his church on was revelation knowledge. And we are the church. People are the church. The church was never going to be a building, a four-walled building. The church are the called out ones. And Jesus is going to build his church. He's going to build up our lives based on revelation knowledge. <clears throat> and I don't know about you, but I'm excited by that prospect. Because that means that we're still being built up. He hasn't stopped speaking. He's still uh, 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 speaking his word into our lives in a way that would build us up. And you know what we've got to do is we've got to be activated to receive. We need to be a people that are keen to hear more from heaven. Revelation knowledge. It's a solid foundation that God builds his church on. Amen? We should all be submitted to it. We should all be hungry for it because it's the design of God for our lives to be built on the rock of revelation knowledge. So what we've been seeing is that the Lord speaks his truth into our lives so that we can then have a viewpoint that is his. It's the lens of faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. I believe it was in the songs this morning. It sort of kept coming through and I'm going, aha, there's that sink. You know, the same thing coming through even on the songs. Last week, we looked at Joshua and Caleb, who were among the 12 spies that Moses sent out into the promised land. And they had one job to do, if you remember rightly. They just had to go in there as spies and walk by faith and not by sight. That's all they had to do. Let's recognise that the Lord has already given the land of Canaan to his people. They just had the one job, to go and spy it out. Despite the problems that the ten spites saw, you know, they actually, oh no, it's an inhabited land and there's walled cities and, and giants. And of course, Caleb and Joshua chose to see through that lens of faith. 
They chose to see through that. They're, they're committed to speaking the answer, not the problem. The answer always being what God has said about it. What's your situation? Well, we're either going to get your story or we're going to get what God's saying about it. See, we can choose what God is saying about our situation. Or we can choose what we think, how we view it, our past experience, how this might turn out. We've all got that, that kind of response. But what we have to do is choose to have the lens of faith response. Amen? Please understand, this is not about being positive. Oh, this is a very positive church, always talking about being positive. No, no. We're talking about uh, believing the Word of God. All right? Believing the Word of God as, a, as an alternative to other areas and other things. Amen? This is about agreeing with what God has said and seeing by faith his word at work in our lives. And, you know, his word, when it goes out, changes things. It changes things. And so, so take this on board. When the Lord reveals his truth to you, you should keep praying about it. Sometimes we get a, we, we get a sense of direction from the Lord, but we should keep praying about it and let the Lord really unfold that truth to us. Keep believing it, looking for confirming signs. And don't confer with flesh and blood. You know, that smart friend, that person who knows more, that's been around longer than me. I tell you, many a, many a word from the Lord has been crushed by a well-meaning friend, also so-called mentor. Many a good word from the Lord. So we just sit on it. Sit on that word and let the Lord bring that to pass. Don't run around telling everybody. You know... As I, as I testified uh, last week to a certain extent um, and the week before, in 1986, I, I was learning to pray God's word and, um, and say what he says. I, I was hearing messages like this that you're hearing today and I, I was starting to really apply it to my life. In other words, I wasn't just forgetting about it by the time I got to the car park. I was getting my notes out when I got home. I was starting to read what you know, read over and go over those scriptures again and say, boy, I need to get this in my heart. I need to get this word um, tucked into my heart so I can actually do it. I was learning that you can be a hearer of the word but not a doer and that it was actually the doers that are blessed. I was learning those things. And in 1986, you know, I'm, I'm sitting on the side of my bed sharing house with uh, three other guys uh, in the suburbs of Perth uh, sharing house. And, um, and the Lord gives me an open vision, okay? An open vision, the uh, best way to describe an open vision, it's a type of vision. An open vision is where uh, you know you're still in the room that you were, but up, it's almost like a projector screen goes up in front of you and you're looking at something in real time. But you know you're not there, but you, you know. So in other words, you're not sleeping. It's not like a dream. The Lord just, boom, throws that. And the good part is, know that the Lord can do that when he wants if he wants to get your attention, he can get your attention. All I was doing, I was just drawing near. And, uh, and when I did, the Lord gave me this open vision. And it's um, one way also that the Lord gives you a lens of faith. Understand that. It's another way. He can give you a lens of faith by just giving you an open vision because he's showing you, directing you through his word. And I see in this vision a group of about 40 people. And uh, they're sitting in a church. I've shared this before. And uh, I'm, I'm wondering... Why these 40 people? And it's a pulpit view. I'm looking out over a congregation of about 40 people. And I'm wondering, and in an open vision situation, the Lord's, it's, he's right there. So, you know, you can ask questions. 
even silly ones, and he'll answer you. And, um, and sure enough, I'm wondering why these people are sitting there crying. And it just goes to show you what the Lord sees for your life still requires you to choose it. The lens of faith needs to be chosen. You have to choose to see it that way and go toward it. And I'm wondering why these people are sitting there crying. And the Lord, I said to the Lord in this open vision, Lord, why are they crying? And he said, because they haven't got a pastor. And I said, hmm, why haven't they got a pastor? <laughs> I should have read between the lines, you know what I mean? It was a bit of a silly question. Why haven't, why haven't they got a pastor, Lord? And the Lord spoke to me and said, because you didn't get your act together, Peter. And I, and I went, oh. And it was just such a bomb being dropped in my heart, you know. They were crying somewhere, somewhere in the future. There were people crying because I didn't do what I was supposed to do. I didn't get my act together. I tell you, talk about wake me up. It woke me up. I tell you, the guy that walked out of that bedroom was a different guy that walked in there. And I left all my nonsense behind. All the compromises, all the stupid things that I was doing, I left them all behind and said, Lord, I'm going to be deliberate about fulfilling this destiny. And I didn't realise when I had that vision. I found out later because some seven years later, I'm sitting there looking out upon that same picture in the first church that we planted in Stanthorpe, Queensland. And I'm looking over and I had the realisation what I was looking at. But the only difference was that the people weren't crying. They were rejoicing because a new start, a new church was starting up that day. And it was an exciting revelation and realisation. And I found out later that the people, the people that had been there wanting a church, and they'd been praying for, you know, they'd started praying about 1985, 1986 for a pastor to come just in their own little home group and just that a pastor would come and, and help them become a church in their township. And that was the same group of people that we went to. And I tell you, God can do that. He can connect things. He can, he can act on someone's faith and, you know, bring your faith and join it together and bring about his will. But we've got to be a people that are hard after what he wants. You know, it changed my direction. You know, uh, I started to step into that destiny and uh, I realised that uh, no matter what, what you know, how, how I'd been uh, walking out my Christianity, there was a few things I started to sort out. Like one thing was that uh, me and the guys that lived in that house, we were going to two churches. You know, we were going to one church in the morning. Couldn't say we didn't like church. We're going to one church in the morning and we're going to another church in the evening. And it's because the church in the evening had more girls in it, you see. So we were, going, we were going to that church. Sorry, Rosemary, it's true. Um, but I tell you, the Lord started to slap the nonsense out of me and uh, started to work on my heart. And uh, same year, I started to, to just pray about my wife. Lord, you, I know that you know all the women in all the world and you know the wife for me. Started to pray that way. He's just waiting for us to pray his will. I tell you, church... Some of you just got to just look, look at what you're actually believing for or what you're wanting and ask the Lord and make sure he gets the glory for it. How long are we married for now, darling? Like 36 years, okay. So 36 years together coming up soon too. The end of this month we celebrate 36 years together. 
And, you know, the thing that we can glorify most of all is, is that, you know, we were, we were meant for one another, you know. And uh, we know that because God put us together the way that he did. And uh, we can give the Lord the glory for our marriage, our relationship and our family because he started it. He, 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 um, he put it together. You know, for, just for time, we, we won't go back there, but because of their unbelief, the people of Israel are not able to go into the promised land, you know, uh, under the leadership of Moses and are sent back into the wilderness. So uh, they fail at going into what God had for them. They didn't get their act together. And it's a possibility. Amen. So fast forward 45 years and, and, uh, and you know, they've been walking around the wilderness for 45 years and Moses has died and Joshua is now the God-ordained leader. And uh, it's now time to go into the promised land to go and take that generation that had not believed him at his word to go into the promised land had died off. And, um, but the Lord has kept uh, uh, his word to them that this is the promised land. And of course, uh, Caleb, uh, of course, hasn't forgotten what the Lord has said. For 45 years, he's lived by revelation knowledge. For 45 years, he's had that lens of faith on. He has kept the promise of God in his heart. And we see it in Joshua chapter 14 and verse 6. And we'll just read a bit of a passage. We'll just read this. It says, Then the children of Judah came to Joshua in Gilgal, and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, said to him, You know the word which the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me in Kadesh Barnea. And the Lord did have a word for Joshua and Caleb. The others weren't going to go into the promised land, but they would. And God made the promise to them. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought back word to him as it was in my heart. Notice that. I brought back word to him as it was in my heart. Where does the word go? Into our hearts. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the people's heart melt. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt. You're always going to find some people uh, who cannot say what God says, cannot repeat what God says, and are confused about what God has said. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up made the people melt, made the heart of the people melt. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. Say holy. You know, holy. In other words, that was what he did completely. He followed uh, the Lord my God. So Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land where your foot has trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever, because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. What a good word. You know, what a, what a good one. Caleb has a faith lens on. Let's go on to verse 10, and it says, And now behold, the Lord has kept me alive, as he said, these 45 years. Ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses, while Israel wandered in the wilderness, and now, here I am, this day, 85 years old. As yet, I am as strong this day as uh, on the day that Moses sent me. Just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war, both for going out and for coming in. Now, therefore, give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke, in that day, for you heard in that day how Anakim, that's the giants, were there, and that the other cities were great and fortified. 
it may be that the Lord will be with me and I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord has said. 45 years later, Caleb is saying, give me the mountain with the giants on it. Beautiful. What a great word. He's not afraid because he knows what God said to him about that mountain, that it was his. And, um, and uh, if we read on, uh, that is actually now the region of what's called Hebron. And it was Caleb's. And, and, uh, and he took it as a possession for his, uh, for, his, for his tribe. But this is how the Lord deals with those that will receive his word and believe it and hold fast to it and follow it wholly. All right? All in. These are truths that help us to live by faith. Remember, we're, we're, we have already brought the truth that we are saved by faith and, of course, that, you know, we're... we're Saved by faith, but we're called to live by faith, okay? We're saved by faith, but we're called to live by faith. We must understand there's the two parts to this. And, um, you know, we believe that uh, Jesus at the cross paid the penalty for our sins. He died that we might receive eternal life as a free gift of righteousness. John 3.16, we know, we know it well. Uh, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes on him should not perish but have everlasting life. We know the verses. We can be saved by faith but have a lens that's a bit foggy. And that was my experience. I knew I was saved, but I just wasn't walking by faith very well. And um, I had to get around some good teaching. I had to sit under a good teaching ministry that helped me to understand, how do I do this? How do I walk this out by faith? And, um, and fortunately, I was moved by the Spirit of God to such a church as that. You know, uh, we can be saved by faith, but have that lens that's a bit foggy. We can be heaven-bound and yet still not doing such a good great job of living by faith and uh, it's up to us to turn that around it's up up to us to become willing uh, to live by faith in a way that we start to see his promises being fulfilled in our lives Romans chapter 4 starts out by establishing that our righteousness is a free gift from God I like it Romans chapter 4 and verse 5 it says but to him who does not work but believes on him who justifies the ungodly his faith is accounted for righteousness just as David also describes the blessedness, and get this bit, of the man to whom God imputes righteousness apart from works. That's us. Amen? Our righteousness is not based on how good you've been lately. Our righteousness was a gift from God, and it gives us right standing in his sight. Look what he goes on to say in verse 7. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord shall not impute sin. Amen. Yeah, amen. What a great word. Oh, it's good to see it so clear. You could, um, you could uh, uh, be forgiven uh, for even misinterpreting that, but don't do it. It's so clear. And it almost you need help to get that wrong. And uh, unfortunately, there's a lot of help out there at the, at the moment, you know, in, in uh, social media. But then the Apostle Paul moves over to an explanation of Abraham's lens of faith. And I love it. If you're wanting to know what are the, what are the how-tos, what are the steps, I want to learn how to walk in faith and not by sight. I want to have on my lens of faith. Abraham uh, um, uh, is a classic example how you put it on, how you keep it on, and focused until you have what you're believing for. How many of you are just willing to go all the way? You know, what else have we got to do? 
Amen? Then go all the way with Jesus, you know. Romans 4 and verse 17, and we should look at it. It says, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. This is talking to Abraham. In the presence of him whom he believed, God, who gives life to the dead and calls things which do not exist as though they did. Calls things that do not exist as though they did. And uh, it's a statement like, this is the land I'm giving to you. They go and look at it and it's got walled cities, it's already inhabited, there's giants there. And, and they're to go in there and say, this is ours. They're to call it, you know, like God calls it. That's what we're called to do as well. Say what he's saying. It, you know, in that one verse, we see the word of God being spoken over Abraham and his wife Sarah. God's word comes to him 25 years before the fulfilment calling things that are not as though they were. It's the key to living by faith. The series has been very much about the key to living by faith, but we've just called it the lens of faith. You then, you see, it's, it's, it, you then put on the lens of faith. You know, it's, it's based on what God is saying, not how things are. Amen? Don't look at how old you are. Look at the you know, uh, uh, you know, Abraham. Don't look at how old you are. Don't look at the barrenness of Sarah's womb. Don't do that. That's where you're going to miss it. Verse 18, and this is, this is where we start getting the, you know, the, the steps of this. Who contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations, according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. Now get this, and you get the key to living by faith. He let hope lead him into faith. You see, it's possible to be weak in faith. And many Christians are. Oh, uh, what, what promise are you standing on for healing? Well, they couldn't tell you. They haven't, they haven't recited it lately. It's that verse over in the Old Testament. You know, they're not standing on the word like they should be. You know, yeah, well, there's one. You know, we can start rattling them off as I-53. You know, we can start getting through verses that are all about healing. But I just believe that God can meet my need. Well, that's great to be general, but God wants you to be focused. God wants you to have that lens on. Let hope lead you into faith. The hope that God can, can, can be this way in your life is a hope that will lead you into it. Amen? And look what it says. And not being weak in faith. He did not consider his own body. Number one, he had to consider not. He had to say, no, nah, this is what this looks like, but I'm just not going to consider that. I'm not going to consider the deadness of Sarah's womb anymore. I'm going to start focusing on fixing up the nursery. <laughs> I'm going to start renovating you know, the, the, the nursery and you know, bringing some toys in there and getting that new cot. But Abraham, don't you know how old you are? goes down to the market and all the friends down the market are talking about he's renovating the nursery and they're going, you know, bit of a joke. But you know what? He starts to not confer with flesh and blood. You know, he's not going to go with the natural scheme of things. He's now going with the supernatural. Not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb's not looking at that anymore. That's a strong place, strong in faith. 
no longer seeing the natural circumstances as an issue. That's when we have on the lens of faith. It's when we start giving God the glory for what we don't yet have in our physical reality, but we see now through the lens of faith as being ours. That's when you start to walk this out. Look what it says. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving God the glory. Giving glory to God. And verse 21, and being fully convinced. Say fully convinced. Fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. Amen. You see, the lens of faith will see you fully convinced that God will perform what God has promised. There is nothing more certain than the promise of God that he has revealed for you. Amen. Nothing more certain. And you know what? Sometimes we have to go back to that word that we once heard. You know, that maybe the Lord once spoke to us, that gave us as a, as a, a sword in our hand and, and find out where that is again and pull it out of the sheaf and start waving it around. The sword of the Lord, which is the word of God. You know, we need to start saying what he said and watch the results, watch the fruit from it. A people that walk by faith and not by sight, that should be us. That obtain the promises of God by faith. Let's be the people that go beyond hope, beyond wishing, and say and pray what God says. Let's fight that good fight. Amen. Let's all stand and, uh, and pray. I'm going to ask the worship team to just come up. And you might be uh, out there this morning, and uh, your your current situation is you've just gotten a little lax in this. You know these truths. You you've you've heard some of these truths before, but you've just gotten a little lax. You've sort of been coasting along a little bit, and you haven't been putting it into practice. And I believe that our prayer should be to put an end to that. Uh, uh, I guess you could say. Um, uh, living and, 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 uh, and, and coasting along that way, you know. Not being complacent anymore is really the place where we want to get to. So why don't we all just, you know, perhaps stand to our feet and just make a fresh, a fresh commitment to the Lord, you know, from our heart this morning, that uh, no, matter, no matter how things may look in that circumstance, all the reasons that we would come up that say that's not, that can't possibly happen, let's be like Abraham. And start to consider not that list that you've made for yourself. Start to say, no, I know what God's word says. says. I know what his promises are to me. And I'm going to now start living by faith according to those, those words, those promises. And I'm going to see the fulfillment of the promises of God in my life. Can we be that like that today? Amen. Can we be that people? Father, we thank you today. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to come around your word and to get a fresh sense, Lord God, of what it is to have on a lens of faith. Lord, to see uh, uh, um, our circumstances, our adversities even, Lord God, through the, the eye of your word, Lord God, through the, the, the vision of your word, Lord. And Lord, we ask that you help us, Lord, we draw a little closer. Lord, for words that we've maybe left in the past that haven't come to fruition, that we just kind of uh, uh, left them behind, Lord God. Help us, Lord God, to not be complacent. Help us, Lord God, to go back and find that word, to, to highlight it in our Bibles, Lord, to put it on a sticky note, put it up on, the, on the, uh, the bathroom wall and begin to say it, begin to pray it, Lord God. 
Lord, that we would be speaking your word in the midst of our situations, Lord. And Lord, we know that, that uh, in the midst of impossibility, this lifestyle brings glory to you, Lord God, brings glory to your name. And so, Lord, today, in Jesus' name, we pray. We pray, Lord God, that you would lead us in it. And Lord, help us as we, as we come closer. As we, there's things behind us that we need to take off, like that train, Lord God, that we keep trying to esteem. And Lord God, you have no esteem for it, Lord, that you've got, you've got fresh things and new things for us, Lord. Lord, that you would uh, uh, lay your hand upon that, Father God, and bring it to life again. Make it, make it live, Lord God. Lord, through a fresh word, a fresh lens, Lord God, that would allow us to see where we should go. Lord, we thank you for your word today, Lord. It is indeed a lamp unto our feet and a guide unto our path. Lord, we ask that you show us again, Lord God, from your word, what we must do to walk in and give glory to you, Lord God. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. You know, as we, um, as we close this morning, as you know, we've got morning tea waiting and uh, probably not as many people here to eat it. So uh, today, a couple of weeks ago, it would have been all gone, but um, not so many t today. So I, I just encourage you to uh, not rush off, hang around, have some fellowship. You know, we're going to open the, uh, the doors and we're going to serve that. I also want to make an invitation uh, to you today. You've heard some things today that challenged you maybe, um, that, you know, maybe there's some things that you want to set right with the Lord today. But we, we always encourage people to come down the altar to do it. It just makes it that little bit more meaningful. So just come down as we finish singing this song. Come down the front. We're going to close and, and again ask the Lord on, uh, for that blessing on our gathering together and our morning tea together. But uh, I just encourage you, you know, if that's you, come on down uh, the front. And, uh, and especially if what we've talked about, about having relationship with God, is something you don't know anything about. Something you say, oh, I can't really say that I have a relationship with Jesus. Well, we can turn that around very quickly down the front. We can, we can, you know, here at the altar, we can turn that around and you can find yourself having a relationship with Jesus today. And that's worth having. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. So I just encourage you to come on down as we finish this song. And otherwise, I'm going to say, God bless you. Don't forget, ladies, about next week, uh, Friday, uh, the auction and dinner night for the ladies. Uh, plan to come. I believe you need to bring three items of value that you want to see auctioned. And uh, you know that the proceeds will go to a good cause and uh, further outreach that we're doing here at Victory Life Broome uh, over at the, uh, the Bass, the um, short stay. So, so praise the Lord. God bless you all. And just, you know, um, step a little closer to Jesus. Amen. We all should step a little closer to Jesus and, uh, and not just be hearers of the word, but doers. Amen. Amen.